Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this podcast, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head over to thebridgelive.org and find access to all of our church information. Plus, it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at the Bridge Church. But most importantly, I hope you find the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, getting from where you are to where you want to be. Cross that bridge. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Good evening. It's Wednesday night. That means midweek Bible study, living the Logos, right here at the Bridge Church. Thanks for joining me on the channel tonight. Uh, I want to encourage you to like and subscribe to um, this channel. That way you get notifications, right? Uh, now you'll know when something new is up, okay? Uh, looking forward to getting back together with you guys and meeting on Sundays at the Daybreak Community Center. Uh, the, the time is coming short, I'm convinced. Pretty soon, hopefully, we can get back to uh, meeting and, and hanging out and loving on everybody. Um, should be a good time, right? All right, uh, here on uh, Logos, this is chapter four. Um, we're talking about the attributes of God, you know, uh, what God is, not what he has, not what he, um, you know, what he possesses, but all these attributes are exactly what he is. And it's imperative to know that because if we're gonna follow a God uh, that's uh, an invisible God, we need to know who he is, what he sounds like, what he looks like, so that when the counterfeit shows up, we can, we can dismiss it immediately. Or if somebody's trying to tell us what our God should be or what it should look like, we can dismiss those things immediately, right? So uh, some of the uh, uh, attributes we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, right? God is good. Uh, God is, is eternal. God is invisible, you know, God is omniscient, okay? Uh, God is infinitely good. That's imperative, right? God is mutable, you know? Um, we talked about uh, God is love. God is forgiving. God is humility. God is compassionate. God is mercy and justice. It's good. If you didn't see the mercy and justice one from last Wednesday, I want to encourage you to uh, bounce over and look at that before you watch this one or next week, okay? Because uh, it's important to know that our God is mercy and he is justice. And how can he be both? Well, go back and watch that and, and you'll see. God is uh, another attribute. God is compassionate, right? Uh, God is uh, um, mercy, justice, compassionate, gracious. God is righteousness. God is truth, and God is loving kindness, right? And we can say, too, God is fair, he is equal, he is right, and he is just. Amen? So we can we see all these attributes, and if you go through the Word of God and you read just in your basic quiet time and in your journal, just jot down uh, an attribute when you see it, right? If you're just reading the, the Bible and it, it says God is good, jot that down, and you can uh, compile your own list, of God's attributes. And remember, attributes are what God is, not what he has, okay? They are what he is, okay? So um, 
again, we have to know these attributes so that we can be in relationship with God. We can understand that if, uh, you know, if if we're hearing God speak and it doesn't line up with his attributes, which are his nature and his character, then we can dismiss that whole thing. OK, so tonight is a biggie tonight and next week, probably uh, we're going to look at uh, God is grace. OK, God is grace. So starting out right here, right off the bat, I want to remind you of the definitions we discussed last week about justice, mercy and grace. OK. So justice, our definition of justice is giving someone just what they deserve. That's justice. We talked about uh, lady justice with the scales. You know, you put all the evidence on one side and, and all the defense on, one, on, on the same side. And then on the other side is justice. And the justice is weighed out with uh, the evidence that's shown there, right? So we, then we talked about mercy, right? Mercy is giving someone what he deserves, Right. Or not. Right. Not giving someone what he deserves. We're going to have mercy. And if you're a parent, you've had mercy on your children. I hope. Right. Because when I was a kid, my parents never had mercy. Right. And grace. Um, grace is given someone what he doesn't deserve, what he does not deserve. Right. And, and we've heard this before, especially if you've been around the bridge church long at all. Um, you know, grace. Right. And uh, because we talk about grace, we preach like three series a year on grace. Uh, and I think grace, honestly, gang, is is just the most misunderstood uh, attribute in all of Christianity. And, and it's too bad because it, I believe if you can capture grace in your heart, you will you will easily understand a relationship with God. OK, Um because it's important to know that that God, you know, we bring nothing to the relationship, basically. And, you know, I think we try way too hard in works. We try way too hard um, trying to do things to pay God back for what he did for us. And, and the bottom line in all of Christianity, that the biggest problem I see is people just don't know how to receive. Amen. They just don't know how to receive uh, God's kindness and goodness, right? So let's define grace. Grace is, right? If you're writing this down, grace is uh, unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor of God, right? The simplest form. And, and it's easy to say those things and they just roll out, right? And, but it's honestly, you got to get it in your heart to understand uh, exactly what grace is. Because uh, if we look at mercy, mercy is God's goodness uh, confronting our guilt. All right. Uh, grace is God's goodness confronting our sin. And grace, if we if we look at grace, grace is the opposite of sin. And it's the only answer. Right. So if we look at sin, the sin in our life, God's grace is the completely opposite. So uh, you know, get a drink, get some water, get a coffee, get something, grab your notebook, uh, turn to Romans chapter five, and uh, we'll talk about grace here for the next 30 minutes or so. And, and hopefully you can get it in your heart because um, God clearly uh, lays it out here in the, through the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit um, in Romans chapter five. We're going to start uh, in verse 15 kind of shortening up our, our grace series here. We're going to get it into two weeks, hopefully. 
But look in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 15, okay? And, and I would encourage you to do some circling, do some underlining, do some highlighting in these verses right here because this is a foundational doctrine, okay? Verse 15, but the free gift, I would circle free gift, okay? Is not like the offense, okay? Now, Paul's talking about the difference between Adam and, and Jesus, the two, okay? Um, Paul refers to Adam as a type, and then he refers to Christ as a type, and he's drawing analogy between the two, okay? They're similar, in, fa in fact, and, and they have affected a lot of people if we look across time, right? Uh, but the free gift is not like the offense, for if by one man's offense many died, referring to Adam, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many, okay? Drawing a comparison. Remember, con compare and contrast big in the Bible, especially with the Apostle Paul. Uh, verse 16, and the gift is not like that to which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, Right? It would be a good thing to, to probably jot down that if there's condemnation involved, number one, it's not the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost, if you're listening on Sundays, Holy Ghost doesn't do that. The, the Holy Ghost, um, you know, uh, always points to Jesus and brings support, right? So if it's con condemning or condemnation, I would, I would guarantee it's not God, all right? Um, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift, there it is again, circle it, which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Verse 17. Verse 17 says, for if, okay, here's the comparison again, or since, right, by one man's offense, death reigned through the one much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Verse 18, therefore, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all men, Adam, okay, resulting in condemnation. Remember, anytime there's condemnation, it's not God, okay? God's not going to bring condemnation upon you. Otherwise, Paul is lying when he says there is now therefore no condemnation, right? It says that a little later in Romans. Uh, even so, through one man's righteous act, talking about Jesus now, comp uh, contrast and compare, um, one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Now, we see all men twice. Right in this verse, verse 18, and it says, Judgment came to all men, referring to everybody after Adam in the Old Testament, all the way up until now. Right, all men, judgment came, resulting in condemnation. And then we see it again later that the free gift came to all men, resulting in just justification of life. The second all men in the compare and contrast is talking about Jesus' believers. Okay, it's important to know that because if we get that backwards, how we're going to be condemned and justified, which in God's economy is illegal. All right, verse 19. Here we go again. For as by contrast, one man's disobedience, talking about Adam, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, 
many will be made righteous. Again, comparing, contrasting. It's important to write that down. What's the compare and contrast in this verse? One man's disobedience and one man's obedience, right? So we can see verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. Interesting verse that the law was given to frustrate you and, and make you understand your need for a savior, right? But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, okay? Remember, sin, grace, opposites, right? Because wherever sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Verse 21, so that sin reigned in death, right? If we're, if we're going to, according to the compare and contrast, if we're going to follow Adam, it's going to result in death because Adam is not your savior. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's dominion. He conquered death and therefore we can operate in these things, right? So we see uh, they are similar. If we're going to con con compare and contrast Adam and Jesus, very similar. Their deeds have affected many, many people, everybody, essentially, right? Now, a type that's being spoken of here, a type of Adam or a type of Jesus, is a living prediction or pattern or model of a one to come later, right? So if Adam's a type of Jesus. He's patterning uh, what's going to happen later, right? So Paul, the apostle in the book of Romans, right here in chapter 5, if we're going to talk about grace, we can, we can discover there's, there's three, uh, uh, three-fold contrast in comparison here, right? So Adam's act was an offense, right? I believe uh, it was deliberately going astray. They knew what they were doing, right? It was deliberate. Um, now, Jesus, on the other side of the contrast, was a deliberate, uh, um, a deliberate grace, deliberately bringing grace uh, to mankind. Adam's uh, act was an offense, deliberately going astray. Jesus's deed was one of grace, right? We see in, in verse 15, but the free gift, not like any of the offense, for the for by one man's offense, many died. I believe Adam knew what he was doing, right? He stood there right next to his wife, and she passed him the fruit, got questioned on it, pulled on the carpet, got, he said, the chickie gave me, dude. She made me, you know, that whole husband-wife problem has been going on ever since. So if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace. I love the way the Apostle Paul uses the much more. He does that a lot in Romans and Ephesians and Galatians and Philippians. The much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ. So we can see Adam's act was an offense. Jesus' act was of grace. Okay, so we can see that that's number one. We can see that it's, it's contrasted different. One was an offense, one was grace, right? Number two, Adam's sin results in condemnation and death, right? So remember, people, remember, 
if condemnation is involved with anything, with any kind of a, a an inward impression or a, a, any kind of any kind of spiritual anything, if there's condemnation involved, it's not God, right? The enemy wants to drag you down and drag you through the mud, and, and Adam's sin resulted in condemnation and death, whereas Jesus' deed brought grace, justification, and life. Look at in verse 16, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. It's totally opposite, right? So if it's condemnation and guilt that you're facing, it's not, it's Adam's sin. It's not Jesus being justified. For the judgment which came from one offense results resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Paste it on your forehead, write it on your refrigerator, write it on your mirror in your bathroom. I am justified, right? And that word justified, justified never sinned, right? I am cleansed. I am clean if you're a believer, right? If you're not a believer, you're still stuck, okay? Verse 17 says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned. Adam's offense brought death, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, and and uh, though the one much more, those who receive the abundance of grace. Now it's an abundance of grace. We should feel pretty good about that, right? It's it's that Jesus brought us an abundance of grace. I, I think Paul says those words like that specifically because people struggle with receiving grace, right? They 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 in this society that we live in, right? This is like. Do bad, get bad, right? You steal, you go to prison. You know, you, you do bad, you get bad. Here in God's economy, you know, we live a life of sin because we don't know any better. The law pops up and shows us that we're a sinner. Then there's Jesus who brings the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. So we will reign in life through the one Jesus. That's why it's so important to say, yes, Lord, I accept you and only you. I'm going to follow the word and only the word. I'm not going to mess around and goof around. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you too. everything that comes out of this hole in my face. If it doesn't line up with this book, dismiss it. Okay. And, and, and that's any preacher, anybody who's peddling any kind of so-called religion. Dismiss it if it doesn't line up with the word. Remember, the word is our plumb line. It's our straight up and down. We're going to measure everything against what this word says, especially in this grace message where uh, it can be twisted. It can be called a license to sin. It can be called a bunch of different things, right? If it doesn't line up with this word, and we're clearly saying that condemnation is of, is of death and Adam, if it doesn't line up with what this Bible says, it's dismissed, okay? Do not believe everything you hear, especially when it's coming from mouths that are uh, unvetted. Let's say that, right? So the third one, um, which we can all relate to, I believe it says in verse 18 and 19 that Adam is characterized by disobedience while Jesus is characterized by obedience, Right? So look at verse 18. Therefore, because of the contrast and compare that we're doing, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all men. That all men's referring to Adam's all men. 
uh, resulting in condemnation. There it is again. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men. This is Jesus, all men, those who have faith in Jesus, resulting in justification of life, right? We are all born into Adam by birth, right? It's like part of the deal. You show up and you don't have a choice because of what happened in the garden, right? But we are uh, in Jesus by faith. You know, we're in Adam by birth and we're condemned and there's condemnation and guilt and all this, these things. But because of Jesus and his redemptive work, we are justified and we can live through him. It says right there in verse 18, by faith, grace credits righteousness. Works can never credit righteousness, right? So no works that we can do. We can never do. We don't do good things to purchase um, salvation. That's illegal. It's, it's illegal in God's economy. Okay. We can't pay for sin with our works. Everything revolves in faith. It's not going to happen. Now, remember last week we were talking about how God demonstrated his mercy. And I'm going to throw in there this week, grace to the whole world because he sacrificed his son, right? I mean, he sacrificed Jesus and that was grace and mercy in action, right? And remember, God is grace. And, and I think sometimes uh, in, in uh, Christianity or in our church or in our world, I think we, we feel, right? And we feel a debt and we feel that sometimes, you know, we, we feel lucky or we feel like we need to repay God for, for delivering us grace, and, and for what happened with Jesus. And therefore we do good works because we think, um, you know, I got to go to church this week or, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, let God down. Well, uh, here's here's a thought for you. Uh, you were never holding God up. So, so remember that um, we have to just walk by faith and not by sight. We have to, we have grace because Jesus, what Jesus did, it doesn't have anything to do with, with what we do, right? Now in John chapter one, verse 17, it says, for the law was given through Moses. But remember these two words, big attributes, right? Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth, right? God is grace. God is mercy. God is truth, okay? Um, we see mercy uh, four times more in the Old Testament, and we see grace three times more in the New Testament. Now, did God change? No, God didn't change. And God's not angry and full of wrath and like, you know, angry, waiting to, to release his wrath on the earth. And, and little Jesus is standing there with his hand on his chest saying, no, no, I'm going to hold him back. I'm going to hold him back. That's not the way this works, right? God's wrath was poured out on Jesus in the Gospels. That way we can be free and walk in this thing by faith. You know, um, Christianity is different than any other so-called religion uh, because in every other religion, everything's based on works, right? If, if we look at Islam, the five things you got to do to, you know, please God or, you know, you got to go to Mecca, you got to pray, you got to all these things. And, you know, if we look at a lot of the other um, 
so-called religions around the world, they're all based, if you could see a similar vein through all of them, and they're all based on old covenant religion. You know, be good and get good. Well, the other part of that is that in, you look at like Islam and, and many of the other religions, they are, their God is dead. And, and our God is alive. And our God is alive and it's an ongoing communicative relationship, right? Back and forth, it's relationship. You don't have to do anything to be accepted except believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, that's it. Otherwise, we do because we love, not because we do because we have to, you know? Um, you know, and if, if we look in the book of Acts, we were talking about on Sunday, you know, the book of Acts, these people, they went to the temple, they went to the synagogue, usually got chased out. They were just preaching in the street. There was no church. You know, a church is a recent thing. A gathering of, of people is a recent thing. And that's okay. And that's great. And it's great to see everybody. And I can't wait to see everybody. But I, you know, most of this relationship doesn't have anything to do with church, right? And, and you know, Jesus himself, where was it in uh, uh, John 6? Uh, the Pharisees asked him, you know, what are the works of God? What do we have to do to believe the works of God? What do we have to do? And Jesus said, just believe on the one who God sent. He was referring to himself personal relationship is available and none of the other religions can say that right and and don't let anybody tell you that you have to go through someone else to get to the father jesus is the one we go through and he is god okay so what is grace grace is unmerited favor and let me throw this in there you know if we're going to talk about merit right well, we don't merit any grace at all that's why it's unmerited and, and merited you know uh, demerits or merits or whatever merit badges you know you did a great job well we don't merit this at all in fact we merit going to hell more than we merit going to heaven but thank you for jesus you know grace allows me to go to heaven and and it's undeserved so write this down grace is eternal okay grace is eternal turn to ephesians chapter 1 and we're going we're gonna to read in verse 4. Um, the, the, this is uh, absolutely one of the best writings by Paul altogether, written to the church in Ephesus. Um, and, and verse 4, he says, Just as he chose us. Isn't that interesting? He chose us. Okay? Uh, in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, without blame, and before him in love. That, that whole verse right there is, I mean, you could preach a series on that. That before the foundations of the world, uh, grace was. And before the foundations of the world, grace is. And it'll always be grace. It's eternal. It's forever. It was in the beginning and it'll be in the end. Even before anything was, he's saying here, he chose me. He chose you to be saved by grace through faith, right? Uh, verse five, having predestined, don't let that word stumble, you know, cause you to stumble, us to adoption, right? We were adopted into the family. 
It says in uh, another part of the Bible, it says we were grafted in as, as Gentiles. My 1% Jewishness isn't going to get me in, but I'm grafted in and I'm adopted as sons. I want you to circle that word sons because Old Testament, God refers to his people as servants. In the New Testament, God refers to his people as sons. My sons have a whole lot more uh, uh, unmerited favor in my kingdom than my servants do, which I really don't have any servants, maybe the dog. But anyway, my, <laughs> my sons have a lot. They can go in the fridge. They can go in the garage. They, one of them stays here. They, I mean, they have a lot of, of uh, rights and privileges in the kingdom of Rashid because they're sons. Now, servants, like our housekeeper, or you know maybe the guys who come and cut the grass or whatever, those guys have no right to anything in the kingdom of Rashid because they're not sons. My sons, whole nother story, right? So having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, Remember, we're, we're attached to him, okay? According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. I want you to look at, your, uh, look at yourself. I don't know how you do that. Look at yourself and say, I am accepted. I am accepted. In him, verse seven, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Some of y'all need to forgive yourself a little bit. Let it go according to the riches of his grace. It's finished, okay? It is finished, right? Now, let's talk about a few things here, okay? Uh, predestined that we're talking about. I said, don't stumble over that word, okay? It doesn't suggest that a fatalism that excludes some while others by while including others, right? Remember what it says. It's an appointed plan and a guarantee for everyone. Not just a select few. God, God's plan is for everyone. Remember, free will, it's a choice. This relationship is a choice, right? Sunday we were, we were talking about the spirit and uh, speaking in tongues and, you know, it's a choice, is it, is it absolutely necessary? No, but why wouldn't you want it, right? Like this relationship, God's not, not asking you to give up everything and, and, you know, sell all you have and live as a peasant. Quite the opposite. God's going to empower you to make you great, to make you be a, a witness for him in the earth, okay? So remember that that predestined is not a word. To, it's not like a select few. It's everybody, but only a few will choose. Okay, accepted is literally there in verse six, where he says, uh, "To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the beloved." Accepted is literally graced with grace. How about those apples in Christ's reoccurring uh, term? designating the sphere in which all salvation is realized and the realm in which God's kingdom purposes are fulfilled in the circle of the king's reign, okay? You are accepted into the king's reign. That's imperative, right? He didn't choose me, I or I didn't choose him, he chose me, okay? He didn't choose you on any performance. 
any past performance. Amen, somebody. We all can agree that our past performance, probably not that great. Okay, the best, <laughs> Isaiah calls it filthy rags, right? The best thing about me is filthy rags. So we don't merit it. We don't deserve it. It's unearnable, okay? We're, that's our next point we're going to go uh, into is number two is it's free. It's unearnable. It can't be earned and the price cannot be paid. Okay, you you can't do enough right. You can't do enough praying, enough giving, enough serving in church, enough building of the church to earn salvation because the only one who deserves it was the one who paid for it. Right. So back to Romans in chapter three this time, uh, verse 21. I want to encourage you to let me just throw this out there. Read and understand Romans. Get a, a good, um, uh, a good, uh, a book that explains verses. If you don't have a good study Bible, uh, get a good, um, uh, somebody who is really good, who believes what you believe and, and that explains all this to you uh, and you will learn and grow by leaps and bounds once you get it right. Okay. Uh, chapter three, verse 21. Okay. Talking about righteousness. Uh, remember, this is a free gift. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed uh, by the law and the prophets. Right? God is, is laying this out for everybody to see. Okay? All the law, all the prophets, everybody from the old covenant, God's laying it out for everybody to see. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ is to all and on all who believe there is no difference okay are you with me do you get it it's free it's free for everybody you can't buy this thing verse 23 very popular verse in the romans road for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god this is imperative get ready verse 24 being justified justified never sinned freely right say freely because it's imperative that you understand by his grace through the redemption that it is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. All right. So let's talk about these words here because they got a lot of big ones in there that, um, you know, theologically saying or like what does that mean right so let's uh let's jump back justified justified never sin means to be declared right somebody has to declare something that we are righteous in god's sight and who does that jesus does that right he declares us right being justified and then it says freely okay i like free and freely means without any cost. That's one of my favorite price tags on everything, right? Freely, free gift. That's easy, right, to understand. By his grace through the redemption. Now, redemption is is is, is uh, a Greek word I'm not even going to try to say, but it, listen to this definition of redemption. A release secured by the payment of a ransom deliverance and setting free 
The word in secular Greek described a conqueror releasing prisoners, a master ransoming a slave, and redemption from an alien yoke. In the New Testament, it designates deliverance through Christ from evil and the penalty of sin, uh, the price paid to purchase the liberation of us, his sons, was his shed blood. Are you with me? There's nothing you can do. There's not enough praying, not enough worshiping, not enough setting up church early, you know, not paying God back. This is all about relationship and it's free, right? And there's nothing better then free. I just uh, celebrated a, my 29th birthday uh, last Thursday. I like free stuff, right? Birthday blessings. And, and here's the thing I need you to understand, though. You have to learn how to receive grace. Then you have to get it into your mind and into your heart that I can receive this and I can have it. It's okay to receive grace. God's grace without having to pay him back, right? Number three, quickly, and we'll get out of here, okay? Uh, it's, it's this. Grace is the opposite of work, right? So sin is the opposite of grace, and the opposite of grace is works, okay? If we're, gonna, if we're not going to receive it and we feel like we need to repay God, uh, that's called works, right? And we all know Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It's for by grace we are saved through faith. We've got to have faith in Jesus, not of ourselves. Nobody can boast. It's it's part of the deal, right? Now, what if we, uh, I asked uh, was somebody, you know, um, you know, asked your wife if your marriage was good. And she said, no, it's, it's not too good uh, because... I haven't been vacuuming, I haven't been cleaning, I haven't been cooking, I haven't been doing the laundry. What if a wife measured her marriage by what she did in the marriage, right? Do you think that would be, that would just be sick and wrong, right? But here's how we do it in Christianity. You know, this is, this is how we measure our relationship with God is by what we do. It's like, oh, I've been to church. I've been reading my Bible. I haven't been doing my devotional. I haven't been, you know, loving people. I haven't been witnessing. You know, what if, you know, the Bible tells us we're married to Christ. What if we're doing nothing but so busy doing works that, that we're missing the whole point? It's about the relationship. God has legions of angels to do his work. Right? If we go back to creation and we look at those first six days, if that's the goal, if that's what we have to, to pin our, our God's will to, to understand that God created everything good in those six days, God created Adam and Eve, Adam particularly, for relationship. He wanted a friend. Right? God wants, uh, wants a friend. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want your works. He's got angels to do his bidding. Right, he, you know, I'm not saying that we should just do nothing, sit around, sin and grin, and laugh all the way to the bank. That's going to get you nowhere. Right? We serve in the kingdom because we love Him. Right? We are saved for a relationship. Now, I'll ask you this question: 
Uh, if you do you think as a born again New Testament New Covenant believer, do you think that we are under the law? Okay, because the law is, is big, you know, especially here in Utah. <laughs> it's like everybody operating in works. Uh, and I don't understand who they're trying to repay or what's happening with that whole thing. But uh, if you're under the law, you are doing what the wife is doing that I just talked about a few minutes ago. Right. The wife is working, measuring the love in her marriage by what by her works. Every wife that I know is going to be like, oh, no, you didn't, Shaniqua. That ain't the way it's going to roll, right? I'm, I'm on a, a husband who's going to love me and accept me with mercy, grace, and justice in my life, right? Sin entered the world. That's why we needed the law. We're going to talk about the law next week, right? And, and the law is, is frustrating and it's impossible to keep. It's like that on purpose, Right? Because everything the law does, it shows you where you fall short and it shows you that you need a savior. Right. So let's pray. Let's uh, let's finish up right here. Uh, we'll pick it up next week with grace part two. And, uh, and, and let's just, uh, you know, God didn't purchase you for what you bring to the relationship. God, all God wants is your heart and your uh, friendship, fellowship. Right. Um, he just wants you. He wants you to stop performing and get in relationship, be a son in the family. My sons don't have to perform for me. They're loved unconditionally. There's nothing they can do that would make me love them less. There's nothing they can do that's going to make me love them more. Now, if I can do that for my kids, you can do that for your kids. What do you think God can do for us? Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for everybody under the sound of this voice and watching this video tonight. Thank you, Father, that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Thank you, Father, that we're sons and we can operate under grace. And, God, that we can celebrate and we can worship and praise and bring honor and glory to you, God, because we have been, have been set free. We are free. And thank you, God, for keeping us free in the name of Jesus. Father, bless everybody underneath the sound of my voice that they can be uh, healed and whole if they're fighting sickness tonight. Lord, that prosperity rains down upon them. And Father, all the benefits that come with knowing you, all these attributes that we're talking about, God, operate in our lives as we operate here in the earth. And Father, we thank you and we honor you. We can't wait to meet with you again. In all things, God, we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. We love you. Can't wait to see you. Uh, don't forget, we got uh, She Reads Truths going on tonight, actually, right downstairs. Um, we got the gathering this Friday right here at the house. Come and join us. It'll be great to see you. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the South Jordan, West Jordan, Harriman, or Riverton area, we would love for you to come and engage with us at our weekend gathering at the Daybreak Community Center in Daybreak, which is attached to South Jordan. For directions, service time, and information about our fabulous children and student environments, head over to thebridgelive.org for information, and we'll see you next time.